If we could see into each other's hearts and understand the unique challenges each of us face, I know we would treat one another much more gently, with more love, patience, tolerance and care. In order to love who we are, we cannot hate the things that have shaped us. The best project you will ever work on is you. If we leave our growth to randomness, we will always live in the land of mediocrity. Here we embrace kindness, mindfulness, joy, empathy, vulnerability, adventure, and most importantly, the humanness that we each share. This is Chantal Russo, and you are listening to The Resilience Diaries. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the official first episode ever of The Resilience Diaries. I knew this was not going to be anything like I had imagined in the beginning, but I hope you will give us some grace here as I figure it out as we go. It's going to be unique, it's going to be raw, and I could not think of a better person to have the first episode with than my friend Natalie here. Natalie, you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. So Natalie and I have just recently met. This is actually the second time you and I have ever hung out. Yes. And how I met you was you are currently dating one of my best, best friends. But, you know, first and foremost, I just wanted to say genuinely thank you so much for taking this, this leap with me. I know as we were driving up here, oh, we should probably tell people where we are. Yeah, sure. We are currently sitting in beautiful Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I love the boat. Um, <laughs> we're up here with some friends who have gone snowboarding. And Nat and I decided to hang back and just take it easy and... Uh, this was not planned. We actually just started talking about this on the way up here. Uh, yesterday. Yesterday, yes. <laughs> and um, albeit the only only the second time I've hung out with you, the first time I met you, uh, you just had the most amazing energy. And I'm a huge energy person. And so as you and I were sitting down this morning having coffee and, and sort of getting to know each other a bit better, uh, we talked about that. And you're a big energy person too. And a big part of why I wanted to start this podcast is that, uh, you know, I genuinely love people. I love people. And I started noticing that I find pieces of myself in absolutely everyone I meet. And it's fascinating to me because no one experience is the same. I mean, I'm from another country. I've never met you before. And we found things that we connected on. So yeah, I just wanted you to take a moment, introduce yourself. And uh, are you ready to get raw and, and real and vulnerable, my friend? I think so. I think so. Good stuff. <laughs> So, so who, who's Natalie? Tell us your story. I grew up in Southern California. Um, I ended up in Georgia in high school and went to college there and then ended up in Colorado. I've been in Colorado for about nine years now and I love it here as we're doing this podcast and we're looking outside and looking at the snow and it's beautiful. Um, I think, you know, I've changed a lot in my life many things have happened and I've become many different people and I'm proud of who I am today and I'm happy to to talk with you about that and share those experiences with you. I love that. Uh, you know, Brene Brown always says that there's power in vulnerability and when I first heard that, I, I sat with, with it for a moment, right? I don't know about you, but I, I don't actually enjoy being vulnerable, but I have found that statement to be so true and so I've kept it there within my heart and it's a gentle reminder that, you know, when I'm having a conversation with someone, if I create a space for them to be vulnerable, they will be vulnerable with me. It's, it's so strange to me how that works. Do you feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, some people aren't necessarily 
in a position to be vulnerable. But I think like if you leave the space for it, then I think they find comfort and safety in being vulnerable as well. And it's funny that you bring that up because I, I've been thinking about vulnerability a lot lately. I used to think that vulnerability was sharing something that was sacred and secret to you. But vulnerability is more about like failing at something and risking what you're doing to to fail, right? It's not like it's not like just sharing a story that's hard for you to tell. It's about doing something that you're scared to do. You have to be scared to do it and know that you could potentially fail or people could walk away from you by sharing something. Or they could judge you. That's or something I struggle with or have struggled with for a very long time is, oh, what are people going to think if I do this? Or what are people going to say if I do this? Absolutely. And then you get closer to the people who are willing to share those things with you and be vulnerable. And those are your people. Those are your people. <laughs> yeah. Your tribe, right? Yeah. I just love you so much. And I know <laughs> some people might think that's weird since this is only the second time we've hung out. But you know, something I'll share, <clears throat> and, and my good friends know this about me, is I literally love every single person I meet. Mm. And I don't know where that comes from. I just am fascinated by each individual human I meet. And uh, we all have a story to tell. And it's so unique and different. And I love learning about people about you know, what did you experience that makes you the way that you are? Why do you, you know, what happened to you that you think the way you do? Isn't that fascinating to you? Well, and I wonder, like, what it is that makes us value that and want and, like, have that feeling about people. Right. Because not everybody wants no, to get to they know people don't. that level. I, I find more often than not, people are generally more interested in themselves and what's going on with them versus other people. Or whoever they are interacting with. And and to some degree, though, we are also the same. Where we're, we're selfish sometimes and we only want to think about ourselves. But there's such beauty in learning someone else's perspective about something. And, like, isn't that what life is about? Is to grow and expand the worldview that we have now. Because this world, is it's, it's huge and it's vast. And it's like, what are we, what are we doing if we're not exploring that? I mean, like, what is life if we're not opening up new doors and possibilities and hearing about other people's stories and, and feeling more connected? Because connectedness, right, is what brings us together. And I find so much value in that. Like, happiness is one thing, but being connected together is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And I value that. I love that. And let me ask you this, because I have my own opinion. But what would you say is it that connects us to others? I mean, maybe it's different for different people. And of course, you and I have talked enough now that I think we relate a lot that for me, it's, it is vulnerability. It is sharing the hard stuff because I want to be there for my people and my tribe, but I can't be there for you if you're not willing to open up and tell me what's going on inside. And that's how I feel connected. I'm an emotional person. So like, I have a hard time with like superficial conversations. Like this is this is what I love. Yes, like I'm the, hard I am the stuff. same way, my friend. Don't talk to me about the weather. Seriously, <laughs> you know, tell me about the hardest bloody thing that you have ever gone through in your life, and how you overcame it, and what you learned from it, and how you help other people, um, you know, step into their power, take up more space, and live a big life. I mean. The reason I am here today is because I've had mentors and people that took an interest in me, that saw something in me before I saw it in myself. 
And I think that in order to move forward in life, we need to do that for others. Carry totally the torch. Agree. And um, so, I don't know. I just, I love you. I love your energy. <laughs> She's fantastic. You're beautiful. And I love that you make my friends so happy, my friend. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so are you are you ready to just get real and raw and, and tell your story? I know that you had mentioned to me yesterday that uh, that you were adopted, and I didn't know that. Yeah, when a lot of people don't know that. I mean, it's I only share that with my closest friends, but um, yeah, I mean, my childhood was very chaotic, and there was a lot of neglect and um, emotional abuse. Um, and you know, I was 14 years old when I was adopted and that wasn't a choice that I made. It was a choice that my older sister made for me, um, because she had to be the parent in the family, right? So she took on a lot too. And I had so much freedom, obviously with the neglect because like, there's some positive things where like, I was able to do whatever I wanted to do when I wanted. And I was always a good kid, so I didn't do anything bad. But when you go from that kind of scenario to being adopted by a, a very Christian family, mm. um, and you, I didn't know how to communicate at all, I, I would walk out of the room anytime they wanted to have any kind of hard conversation with me because that's what I was used to. Mm. I had to learn how to communicate, and they would sit me down and, and have hard conversations. I would cry, and I'd be like, I don't want to do this, and... I mean, the only reason I can communicate now is because of that experience. So at the time, is extremely painful. I was I wanted to kill myself because I was dealing with a lot of emotional stuff from my past. Mm -hmm. So like, there was just so many transitions in my life, and even though that one was a positive one for me personally, it was also still one of the hardest things I had to do for myself. And I mean, that wasn't really the only thing too. Like, I had to deal with my sexuality. Mm. And also being religious now all, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. right? And I was in college and I failed at a nursing school. So like there's a lot of stuff there, you know? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, again, I just want to mention how grateful I am that you took this leap with me and that we're going to sit here and unpack some of this because I just think that you are very unique and amazing and that you are willing to have what I would consider a really difficult conversation. You know, growing up, I've, I've dealt with similar circumstances as well. I was raised in a very religious uh, family. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. There are parts of that experience that I'm very grateful for because I, I think it helped build certain things within my character. But as I, as I was going through that, I questioned it because something did not feel right to me. You know, here you are, and this is where I'm going to talk about paradigms and our experiences that we gain from the people that take care of us, that tell us this is what you should be doing. This is how you should be doing it. So you're very impressionable when you are young and you want to appease the people that are taking care of you, which i.e. Are, are usually your parents or, or in your case, your, was it your aunt and uncle that you yes. said adopted mm -hmm. you? Great. That holds a lot of weight when you're young because you don't know. You don't have life experience. You're just appeasing the people that are taking care of you and you don't have anything else to measure it against and you just think that this is what I should be doing because this is what I'm being told. And... I love that. At the same time, I also don't love it because you are not them. And what works for one person doesn't work for another. You know, they always say don't talk about religion and politics, etc., etc. But I think we can talk about it in a respectful way. Anyways, that's not where I want to go with this conversation. But mm. you and I had, you know, chatted this morning and I asked you the question, 
what do you think is the difference between someone that has enough self-awareness to say, I know that this is what's being asked of me or being told of me to do this, this, and this, and I want to make these people happy, but it doesn't feel aligned within my soul and, and going, you know, I'm going to explore this for myself and come to my own conclusion versus just doing, just going with the, the grain of what's been told of me. And I want to get your perspective on that because you agreed with me and it was just fascinating. I really want to know what differentiates someone going down the right path versus the left path. And yeah, I feel like you and I have had a lot of conversations around this and it, it's the same like as, as far as like people being resilient. Why are some people resilient and some people aren't? Is that a choice? Is that not a choice? And you're talking about like we talked about people pleasing, right? And and society and and our parents, right? There's an expectation. And I think until we start exploring different perspectives, getting out of um, the city that we were raised in and grown into exploring different ideas and being open to that and some people aren't open to that and I think until you open that door and are willing to drop those walls and those boundaries and stop worrying about what people think about you you're then able to to see and realize that there are other options in life there are all these different avenues you can take Mm -hmm. and it takes opening that door and not everybody wants to open that door. Well, it's scary, right? No, it's frightening. It's still frightening. I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite sayings in life is everything you want is on the other side of fear. But then I look back and I think about all the things I've wanted to try or I was curious about. And I allowed the little voice of fear to completely stop me in my tracks. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily because you wouldn't know any different. It's like if you never ate a chocolate bar, you wouldn't realize how good it was right right so so for all the times in your past where you let fear take over and you decided not to open the door you still didn't really lose anything but for all the times you decided to open that door you reaped all the rewards the strength the willingness the resilience the perspectives that you have now and it hasn't always been a good experience (laughs) when i have pushed through that fear to to explore something i was interested in but I've never regretted it because I've always learned something from the experience. And another big part of, of doing this podcast is wanting to help people befriend their fear and embrace it rather than fear. Yeah, and I think it's talking about stories where things go wrong and then you come out better than you were before. Even if it, if it was painful and hurtful. And I think people need to hear those stories and realize that like you have to really learn to trust yourself and lean into mm. those fears. I like, love that by the, the way, lean in. You lean in, I love that. I love that you say that. Like you, you have to trust that you'll come out and be okay. You'll be better than you were before, no matter how hard that it hurts. But you have to go through those, right? If, mm. you, if you don't allow yourself to go through that pain and that hurt, then you'll never find yourself in a position where you're like, oh yeah, I can definitely get through that. I could do that again. I could be cheated on again. I could be whatever, my childhood experience again, but I know I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Only because I've opened those doors and allowed myself to hurt and feel that pain. 
and that's not easy. It's not easy, but let me let me pose this question to you, right? We go through those experiences and we our brains are wired to protect us, right? And when we feel pain to that level, we subconsciously our brain subconsciously wants us to, to, to protect us from never having that pain again. And this is where a thought of building walls up comes in. So yes, I was cheated on, but I, I moved through it, I worked through it, and I'm, I'm okay, and I could probably go through it again. But I've subconsciously built up a wall. And I think there's something to be said for how we tend to take past experiences into present and measure it against that, even though it's two completely separate circumstances. Well, and that's hard because we're built that way. We're built to build those walls to protect ourselves. Just but like if we do, if we, flight. yes, but if we do it, but it's not serving us, how do we push through that aspect? And that's, that's, I, th I think, where self-awareness comes in and you just become more aware of your triggers and your reactions versus your responses to things. And I think certain people bring those things out of us. And we can choose to confront them or keep them where they're at. That's always a choice. And when you say keep them where they're at, do you mean? Not confront them. Not confront them head on. Yeah. And, and those things, if we don't confront them, I think they keep us small. I mean, I, th I think they limit us from being our best selves and, and growing further. But again, you can't, you can't force growth. And I mean, trauma and PTSD can be extremely painful. And I think you have to be in the right place in the mindset to be able to confront that. And sometimes it can be so painful that it's, it's, you don't want to open that door and you maybe never will. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But I, call, for the, I call that the yuck stuff. We can do the yuck stuff. The yuck stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for the things you do want to, want to confront and deal with, you do. I mean, it's, it's one step at a time, one day at a time, because you can't deal with all those things at the same time. But again, you talked about self-awareness and we talked about resiliency and it's a choice. I think like you and I decide, like we see things in ourselves that we want to work on and we choose to work on those things. And I think that's, what's, that's what builds growth and strength. And, but you have to choose to want to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll pose the question because it's fascinating to me. I often wonder what differentiates someone from wanting to make the choice to work on things that are not serving them versus folks who sub subconsciously allow their trauma or their experiences to shackle them and become a victim of their circumstances versus a creator in their life. I personally have been both of those people. Mm. Right. And so I, I want to know what your response is to this, too, because I think we we both have different answers for that. I mean, for me, growing up in the situation I was in, I was so unhappy. And I just kept reading all these books and, and they're like, do this and you'll find happiness, like true happiness. And no matter what, what I did, I felt like I couldn't find it. And then something clicked one day. And I, of course, I went to a lot of therapy and... I realized what steps I needed to make for myself personally 
that have led to me knowing how to find happiness today. Hmm. So for me, that's going to look different than it will for you. Absolutely. But I, I no longer wanted to be the victim. Even though some days I play that card and I'm depressed, like at the end of the day, what I really want is to be so happy and good for myself that then I can share that and spread that to all the people in my life right now mm-hmm. that are so important to me because they're like my family. Mm-hmm. And I, because I found that value when I was younger, I didn't even understand what like family to me. Are you kidding me? That wasn't important. My family disowned me neglected me. It's like, I, I didn't know what kind of value there was in family, but I do now. Mm-hmm. And that is what promotes me to be resilient and to fight for that because that's why I'm here. I like It's like you have this sense of purpose finally. Mm-hmm. And on the days where I, I don't have a purpose, those are my hardest days. And you have to remind yourself of that. So like, I don't know if that's similar for you. I know we both connect with people. Like, but what makes you want to work hard to be a better person? Is it for yourself? Is it for everybody else? Honestly, I think it's both. And you asked me a question earlier about, um, you know, where did this want to better myself come from? And I honestly don't know. But what I what I can share with you is I just remember I was young. I was probably 21. And I was sitting in my cubicle at work. And I actually had a window right in front of me. And I could see out into this uh, grassy area by the highway. And I just remember being incredibly unhappy and thinking to myself, is this my life? Am I going to be in this cubicle forever? There has to be more to life than this. And I looked out and I said, you know, I've seen other people have these successful lives and this happiness. And if it's possible for them, why is it not possible for me? And so I think that's where I planted the first seed of just being curious to curious and open to more. Um, And and actually how I got introduced to personal growth was uh, (laughs) a few years later, I, um, I joined a network marketing company <clears throat> and uh, the, the lady that introduced me to it, I'll never forget what she said. She said, network marketing is just personal development with a pay plan attached to it. And I'll, and I'll never <laughs> forget those words because it's so true. Um, I, I obviously left that network marketing company, but the personal growth and the working on myself aspect of it never left me. In fact, I'd say for the last... 15 or so years, I've been dedicated, like just passionate and dedicated that I was going to be open to learning new things, to trying on new perspectives and just committed to my own personal growth. You know, another saying I I absolutely love is you cannot give what you don't have. And so I do think that we are all on this planet to live great lives, to be impactful to other humans and to lead with love. Um, and so if I don't work on myself and commit myself to personal mastery, whatever that means to me, because I do think personal development is extremely just that, personal. It's unique to each and every single individual. What, what resonates with me and what has impact to me may be very different than, you know, to what resonates with you and what impacts you. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you are looking for more, I'm here to tell you that it is out there. You just have to be willing to lean in like we talked about and do the hard work because it's not easy to confront the things that have held us back for so long. I I totally agree with you. And you made that comment that what you don't have, you can't give. 
And I think you and I are similar in that maybe we, we both believe that our purpose on this earth is not only to take care of ourselves, but we want to, we want to give to other people. Yes. It's like, I feel like I'm here for a reason. And I felt like that for a long time. And it wasn't because I was here for myself necessarily. Like I I'm here to help other people and the experiences I went through as a child, all those painful things were meant to help the people in my life that needed the help and were experiencing similar things. And again, that's where I find my purpose. Hmm. It's like, it is to give. And I want, I want to, I want to heal myself and get healthy in a way where like I can show up for other people. Mm-hmm. And I want other people to understand joy and happiness too. And I want them to know that like they have the power to be strong and to get through anything. And that's what I've built over time. And I, I, I just want to give that back to other people. I think that's why I'm here. I love that. That's so powerful. I actually read a meme yesterday <clears throat> that I'm going to pull up here and, and read to you because I think it's a, it's a lovely statement of what we're just talking about. So let me find it okay. here. Okay, here it is. It says, the work we do on ourselves becomes our gift to everyone else. That's so powerful. I mean, so that makes me think of my dad. He's always kind of been like a child at heart. And I love that about him, right? I'm kind of the same way still. But he had a hard time confronting anything. He had a hard time having any kind of hard conversation. And, you know, he was an alcoholic and lost jobs. And even to this day, he doesn't really show up for himself. Does that make you sad? It doesn't necessarily make me sad. I think he's stable enough at this point where he just makes it through the day and he's fine. He's happy. His, his motto is like peace, love, and happiness. I, I wish he would put in more effort to take care of himself. But I think because he wasn't like that for me gives me more incentive to become the person I am today to not only be there for him, even though he wasn't there for me. Mm. But that's like one example is like, I, I want to be there for him and I want to gain all these things to make his life better, even though that wasn't the case for me. But I think that's one of the most selfless things you can do. Yeah. And it's hard. It's so hard. Listen, I'll be the first one to tell you that none of this work is easy. None of it is easy. It's, it's the most painful, awkward, daunting thing, but it has been the best thing for me. I mean, it has completely changed my life. Personal development has. I'm a better person today for myself and for others because I made that conscientious choice to say, there's more out there for me. I can be better than this. But I just didn't know what that was. And so I'm just so proud of you for, for saying yes to that journey. Because not everyone does. And that's okay. Everybody's on their own timeline. Everybody's, you know, they're going to do it when it resonates with them. When it makes sense to them. And some people just make the choice that it's just not for them. And that's fine. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, some days I don't make that choice for myself. No. And then I make myself feel bad about it, right? Do you find it to be a, a consistent struggle? You mean being self-aware some days and then not? <laughs> like, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, it ebbs and flows like the seasons. That's life, baby. <laughs> That's life. And I've come to be okay with that. I used to make myself feel really bad yeah. on those days when I didn't show up for myself. Yeah. But then you realize, like, a lot of us aren't showing up for ourselves. I think a lot of us carry a lot of guilt and shame and, you know, it it doesn't serve us. So I'm I'm proud of you for staying committed because I do think that growth is not a destination to arrive at. I always say I want to grow till I die. There's always going to be something that I can be better at. There's, There's always going to be something that I can work on. And I think that's what life is about, right? I've spent a lot of time thinking to myself, like, why am I here? Just to, like, wake up every day, go to work, come home. Like, what's the meaning of life? And that's why, like you, I, I want to work on myself till the day that I die, too. And I want to explore new things. And even if they're scary, they're, they're fruitful and they're fun. And that's where stories are made. I feel like I never used to have stories. Everybody would be like, oh, yeah, I did this thing. And I was crazy I did this thing don't tell anybody but you know like mm. I didn't ha- I don't I didn't have those stories but now I do mm. like you know what this crazy thing I did the other day I went to the trampoline park <laughs> I'm maybe, so jealous that you did that <laughs> maybe maybe you've been there before but that's the first time I've ever gone it's the first time in my life I did a front flip okay and then it was into some foam but for me that was a big deal it wasn't on my bucket list but now I can cross that off and it was a, it was so enjoyable I was I was so frightened to do it, but now I'm like, oh, I want to keep going and keep doing it. But how would I know that if I hadn't opened that door? Right. And that's why, that's why I'm here. And that's what I want to do here. But I want to, I want to be able to like give that to other people. And I want my friends to come and do hard things with me. I love that. So let's shift gears here and let's start talking about what you mentioned earlier about your sexuality. Okay. Cause that's another thing <laughs> you and I have in common. Yeah. Um, this is, this is something I, within myself, am comfortable with. But what I'm still working on is I constantly want to make sure that whoever, you know, finds out about my sexuality, that they are okay. <laughs> Doesn't, isn't that strange? Because I, I don't care what people are. You show up however you want to show up. You show up as your most authentic self. I, I, I love that. You know, something else that I, I speak to my friend Dana about constantly is if I have this... I wouldn't call it an expectation. I'll call it a want. If I have this want for people to just accept me for how I am or who I am, then I need to show up for them in that same way, even if maybe I don't understand why they are the the way they are, why they do what they do. Yeah, you're talking about being authentic. I think we we all struggle with worrying about what people think about us. I mean, there are still people to this day that are harassed for being queer or trans, etc. And like you and I might go through our days and never, I've never had anybody ever yell at me or say anything bad. I've never had like a, a gun to my head in any of those situations. So like, I think I'm kind of privileged in a way, but that doesn't mean that the possibility of someone else attacking me for, for being who I am isn't a possibility. Absolutely. But you don't have to be queer for that to happen. Right. Yeah, it could happen for any reason. But at the end of the day, when I was hiding myself and I wasn't honest with myself or my friends or my family about who I was, that was probably one of the hardest, worst places I've ever been in in my entire life. 
I was mean to people. I was angry. Um, I hid a lot. I was introverted. And um, I mean, I got so sick that I had to get an MR because they thought I had an MRI because they thought I had MS. Cause I was like falling over. I couldn't like open doorknobs anymore because I was under so much stress from not being authentic. Wow. And because I worried about what other people thought. Um, that, that was like, that was just a horrible time. And my friends were coming out and I was mad about it. And I was like, what, how are you out? And I'm like, I'm not, but I'm like still struggling. And, and then when I finally did, it was such a relief. Like I was, I felt on top of the world and I had a lot to learn mm. <laughs> still. Um, but it was that moment where I was like, okay, that was the right choice. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back, I wish I could have done it earlier and sooner. Because it's such a freeing feeling to Absolutely. finally just say, hello world, this is me and <laughs> I'm okay with it. And even if you aren't, this is still me. Yeah. And you know what? People were very accepting of me. I didn't, I didn't, my family was fine. They kind of already knew and were waiting for me to tell them. So, I, I mean, I, I had a good experience, thankfully, but even if I didn't, it was still worth being like completely honest with myself in the world. And that was just through like me being my sexuality, right? I mean, I had to deal with that again later in life and it had nothing to do with my sexuality. It was just being like, okay, I'm not being authentic at all as a person. Mm. Like I had to do that more than once in my life and it didn't get easier, but it's still super freeing now where like, I'm not constantly thinking like, oh, if I do this weird thing, are they going to like me or not? Mm -hmm. Now I'm just like, I'm going to be super weird. And if you're into it, I'm like, <laughs> we're friends. And if you're not cool, right. I was like, peace and blessings, like <laughs> moving on. Love and light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. That's so funny. And it's so true. Uh, I don't want to get into it now, but uh, my, my I don't want to call it coming out story because I I came out multiple times in different ways. So, <laughs> um, you know, as you go, you, you learn more and more about yourself and what you what you think you are or the, um, the answer that you arrive at when you are younger tends to change and shift and you, you know, you keep learning about yourself and that's okay. We are constantly evolving. But then it's funny though, we, we talk about why people choose to be resilient or not. Some people don't evolve at all. Right. But I don't understand. I don't, I can't grasp I that I don't concept. understand it either. And yeah, I keep coming back to this question. What is it that differentiates someone from saying, okay, I'm going to attack this hard thing or I'm going to face this head on. I'm going to make the choice versus someone who just continues going down a path that doesn't serve them where they're not. I don't even know how to explain it. Honestly, I, I, sometimes I lack the words. I feel like I'm not the most eloquent <laughs> speaker. Um, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and it makes me think of like, um, there are certain people who choose to be victims and they, it's almost more comforting to live in a place where you're the victim where things are chaotic and dramatic. I mean, it took me a long time to get over that in relationships, mm. right? I was always going towards relationships that felt chaotic and dramatic because that was what I was used to. I mean, even sometimes when I'm depressed, I don't want to come out of it, even though it hurts and it sucks. Like mm. there's something comforting about it too. So I wonder if that plays a role 
in people's decisions to not get better. It's it's almost just as scary to get better than it is to not. I uh, I call that the comfort zone, if you will. <laughs> and some people are so comfortable being uncomfortable. No, no, that's not the right way. Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> they they're comfortable with their situation, and they're not willing to get uncomfortable to change the situation. Well, but don't you think the situation is uncomfortable? Or do you think that the pain is somehow, it is comfortable for them so they don't exactly feel the need to change it? Exactly. Because here's what I will tell you. I've come to learn in my life. We don't grow in our comfort zones. We grow when we are uncomfortable. And I'll, I'll reiterate the fact that <clears throat> I've, I've become friends with that feeling of uncomfort because it's, it's now become a trigger for me to say, oh, this is new. And instead of push away from it because I don't like that feeling, I lean into it because now I realize that this is new. When things are new, they are scary. But the more you lean in, the more comfortable you'll get. And guess what? Ultimately, your comfort zone then expands. And then when you build that world for yourself, that world opens up to you. I know that probably doesn't make sense, but <laughs> it's like, you know how we can manifest things, yes. right? And so like your world that you live in isn't the same world that I see. 100%. When I'm willing to be authentic and honest and truthful and weird, then the people who resonate with that will come into my world. And then I'm going to start building the world where I can be authentic and the people who want to be around me because they love me for who I truly am grows. And so it's like you can choose to live in a world where you don't belong. And then you can choose to make the world that works for you by being authentic. And attracting the people that are more aligned with your true, unique, authentic self. Yes. But That's another... Yeah, to oh, be uncomfortable. Like you, you have said. to be willing to be uncomfortable, yes. Another one of my favorite sayings is, uh, I don't know who said this, but I find a lot of application within my, my, my life. And it says, I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. And are you truly loved, though, by who you're not? No, not at all. You're not. It's, it's a facade. It's fake. Right. Like, I, I would think, like, back in the day, were those friends real? Like, if that wasn't really me then who they, were they, they loving? They were real for what you were putting out. Right. They were real for... In, in that world. In that world, yes. Here, I'll give you an example, okay? So you and I talked about religion. I was raised as Jehovah's Witness. All my friends, up until the time I was 19 years old, were all Jehovah's Witnesses. That's all I knew as far as friend groups went. So when it finally came time for me to get really vulnerable and show up for myself and decide to say hey, you know, I know that I feel very different in my sexuality than I'm supposed to, or what you guys are telling me, you know, what you guys are telling me is right or wrong, but I'm going to make this choice to step out on a limb here and go figure it out for myself because I, I, I just knew that there was more out there and I need to do some exploring. So when I actually, we'll say, came out, I lost almost every single friend that I had. You want to talk about a lonely place to be, my friend? That was that was a low for me. I uh, I felt good in the fact that I finally got this heaviness of carrying this secret around of of just knowing that I was different. 
and then having to sit there by myself and realize that I've just lost every single friend, quote unquote, that I've, that I've had. Very lonely, very scary. Um, Especially and, when those like relationships were still real, right? So like, real for me at the time. Even though you're changing in that moment, it's not that they didn't care or love you, but now you're being judged for becoming your true self and exploring that. And religion is hard. That's a fine line. Mm -hmm. But it's always going to be hard when you have that transition, right? It would, and it, it's, it's a huge pivotal thing in my life that happened that was very traumatic. And it took me a very long time to actually be okay with that happening. But now, you know, you see me and I love and accept everyone for who they are. Um, and the, the true friends that are around me now know exactly who I am. And even if tomorrow I decided, you know, I don't actually feel like this anymore. Now I feel like this. I, I do feel that, that most of them, no, all of them would accept me. Absolutely. And I have a, I have a story because the past three years after my last relationship, I decided, I decided to explore different things. It was not conventional, not anything any of my friends were doing, but I decided to try being poly. So, so talk to me about that because I don't actually know what's involved in that. Okay, so... Is, is polyamorous? Is that what the name is? Yeah, so polyamorous is, is being open to all kinds of love, right? Okay. So you can, be in, you can be poly and not necessarily be in polyamorous relationships. So polyamory... So what I, what I explored was I first just started dating multiple people at one time which you would think is normal for any individual, but some people date one person and one person only. But I decided to date multiple people. I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket because I was used to doing that. I was the U-Haul lesbian, 100%. So I was like, I'm going to do things completely different. And I didn't really share that with people. And so I ended up in a relationship with a woman who already had a boyfriend, a live-in boyfriend. So I had to learn a lot of things. I mean, it was a new experience for me. It wasn't necessarily uncomfortable because I wasn't ready to commit. So it was like perfect because then I didn't feel like I had to, had to be there all the time for somebody else. Um, but I made mistakes in that relationship. And I said, I love you way too early. And it just didn't work out. But I, I continued to try to be... Polly and and I ended up in situations where we had parties like sexual parties mm. and um I realized so many things about myself sexually I opened up in ways like a lot of shame and guilt that I was holding were like stripped off of me and and these parties aren't like just like swingers parties where you go in drop your keys and like swap partners and these were these were friends of mine that I knew well and everybody else at the party they knew well as well and everybody was, it was all about consent and care. And so we would talk and hang out at first. And then if you wanted to be engaged in that situation, you could be. And if not, that was fine. Like for, for a second, there was like no judgment, even though like there are several of us in a bed together. And I felt so safe. I mean, I, I was with a bunch of people. We were completely naked. Some of us were engaging. Some of us weren't. And I felt at home. It was like I was hanging out with, 
my bestest friends and my family and I didn't have to feel weird about being naked or being sexual with somebody else or someone watching me being sexual with someone else. And I didn't realize that I was comfortable doing that until that point. And so even though today I'm monogamous, being poly and opening that door and being uncomfortable and dealing with my shame and guilt with sex, it healed so many things I didn't even realize it would heal. Wow. And it's cool how you talked about if I change today, if I just decide to do something different, my friends will still be around. Like none of my friends disowned me. They were all very curious about what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I get to tell them the story about what I learned and how it helped me. And some people are starting to be more open to it now. And at the end of the day, did I have to stay poly? No. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I think that's beautiful. And that's what we're talking about is like that life is meant to be explored and it, and it's supposed to be uncomfortable and there's so much beauty in that. I love it. There's so much to be said for exploring things that you find uncomfortable to find out for yourself. Another thing I always like to tell people that get really judgmental with something they've never experienced for themselves is don't hate till you participate. All right. Now I don't mean literally participate, but if you don't see something for yourself, then you don't have, you don't form your own understanding. And we are the ones that assign meaning to things. And something may be for you and it may not. But if you don't even try to develop an understanding for it, then how can you say you hate something? Right, and everybody has the choice. They do. To try something new or not. Exactly. And I think you and I are just the type of people that want to try new things and we want to continue to grow. And that, again, it brings us back to the question, why? Because we, I don't know, we enjoy it. We're starting <laughs> to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I don't know. But definitely, we. I love it. And Me I want to keep opening these doors and experiencing new things and jumping on trampolines into foam and flying in the air and experiencing new people and, and different perspectives and growing and connecting with more people. I just love that so much. You have been fantastic. I'm so, so grateful for you. Thank you so much for leaning in and uh, just jumping and doing this first episode for me, uh, with me rather. Um, I had this initial idea of how I wanted to roll this out and now it's completely different from that, but it's exactly how it's meant to be. And we sit here and we want it to be perfect, but there's no such thing. To me, there's no such thing as perfect. There's progress. And so what I'll say is, um, you know, thank you for being the one to take this leap with me. This podcast will continue to evolve. It might become more structured, but the biggest deal is to just start, right? And just keep going and you learn as you go and you get better and you get more comfortable. And guess what? The uncomfort that I'm finding in doing this right now is not going to feel as uncomfortable next time because of this very experience. So thank you for being that person for me today. I really, really appreciate you. I love your sweet little face so much. And uh, if you have any anything to close out with, please feel free. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. And I agree that to some degree, there's a little bit of uncomfortableness because it's the first time that I'm doing this as well. Um, but I, I love that you're being vulnerable with me in all of this and I'm proud of you too. And hopefully we can do more of these in the future. I love it.
All right, my friend. Love All your right. face. Love you too.